0: You're listening to the Spruce and Brews Podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things whammy. Hello and welcome to episode 191 of the Spruce and Brews Podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And returning after two weeks of being shackled to work, it's Andy
1: hello 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 we've missed you Andy you know what I've missed you guys too <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it was nice Aww. uh nice being a listener again but it was uh yeah I prefer being a host yeah you're, you're,
0: you're, you're very good Andy I think you're the only one out of all of us that actually listens back to the podcast so um kudos for that kudos <laughs> um so this this should mean that you've got lots of hobby to talk about uh in your hobby update surely Andy when we get yeah. round to it
1: you, you know what? Yeah, but there's uh, there's a moderate amount. I mean, most of it will tie into uh, what we'll be chatting about today. So,
0: and you yeah. know, and you know what we're going to be chatting about today? We're going to be chatting about our trip to Warhammer World at the weekend. So we all took part in the Warhammer 40,000 Doubles event, and it was an absolute blast. And it's also going to be in our main segment this week. Um, so yeah, looking forward to chatting about how we got on in our teams. Um, also this week, interesting top three. Poised by Matt last week. We wanted to know the top three things you would make a deal with the Chaos Gods for. And um, I believe we've had some pretty good responses over on Twitter. In fact, I've just seen the number and there's quite a lot. So um look forward <laughs> to loads of responses.
2: It's oh, pop chaos people, everywhere. <laughs> I don't so we' Inquisition's probably... gonna be busy.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna be uh reading some of those out towards the end of the show and also discussing our top three things that uh we'd side with the Chaos Gods for. Uh, aside from that we've also got all of the latest news and pre-orders and all that jazz but before we get stuck into all of that let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week so who shall we pick on first let's pick on you matt i don't think i very i very you rarely pick on you first
3: so you, let's start you with you you do really pick on me first i've got to remember what i've done um so um we we had our local purple Sparkle unicorns club night very very recently uh, and I went down with, with Jay and friend of the show Lee because, um, as we've, I think we've talked about last week on the show, um, we, we are starting a Ash Wastes Necromunda campaign. I'm the arbitrator, I'll be running some Ash Wastes Nomads to just um, throw out anyone who looks like they're getting away too too well with a win. Uh, but yeah, um, Lee and Jay, I don't think you guys have ever played a full game of Necromunda, have you? Nope. So, um we, um, we took some models, you had the new squats with you, and had some under this is edging into your uh, hobby updates, but I kind of was was rules person, and we got some things wrong, because it's been a while since uh, we've all played a full campaign, but um, I think after playing it, we're all now hyped for for getting the campaign on. It's always worth, I would say, if you're ever doing something like that, it's always worth having a bit of a practice refresher game beforehand, then you can get any rules kind of quirks out of the way, and then you're fresh, ready to play the campaign, so... I have been bombarding these guys with some messages from Lord Helmore, who doesn't sound very happy. Um, yeah, he, he's ordering a meeting of the of, of the guilds, and um, I'm fairly certain bad news are going to follow that. But you know, what do I know? I'm I'm just a mere voice piece for the the Lord Helmore, so we'll see how that goes in the coming weeks. I have also been building some Mark Six Marines for my Emperor's children, so it is. A month exactly, I want to say, until we're down at Warhammer World again to play the Horus Heresy tournament. Uh, I'm super excited. I wasn't going to bring my Sons of Horus and I could still bring my Sons of Horus. But um, painting up the um, Kratos in purple really got me kind of geared up for finishing off my Empress children. I thought, well, I haven't got Fulgrim. He's going to take a while. But then I thought, what if I don't take the Primarch and just take all the devastating weapons? so we're going like third uh third company this is a period in time when fulgrim has withdrawn to his chambers and uh yeah all the deadly like sonic weaponry and heavy weaponry and and genetic augmentations and basically they're not very nice chaps at the minute so i'm building some mark six marines to uh to, to to use them for the tournament which is really exciting and I've also been busy writing slash filming the Chaos Space Marines Codex review. It is really, really cool. And if I didn't have a load of Emperor's Children to build and something else to build that we're coming to in the news, um, I would be absolutely ripping open the box of... I've literally got a box of Chaos Space Marines on my desk. That I'm going to paint up with Black Legion because Black Legion looked really good. So, um, yeah, I need to make a bit of a, a, a painting... Spreadsheet and work out when I'm going to paint all this stuff because I want to paint all the stuff and don't have all the time. And also, I've been making a plan of the new Spruce and Bruce studio. I'm moving the house hopefully imminently soon ish, maybe September at the latest, hopefully. And I finally have the g- glorious Spruce and Bruce studio back with a Warhammer table and a proper painting desk. And that's really exciting. So I've been planning out where everything's going to live. So
4: it uh, will be really back. cool
3: it is really cool and we'll be back streaming and doing all the live stuff and more about all the stuff that we've not been able sunday to night do streaming. Uh, sunday night streaming exactly While well, i've not well i've not had the facilities so really sorry got guys so much
2: like, painted during those sunday night streams
3: we did we did and i know it's been like uh, probably nearly a year by that we've been off the air on them but um once the new place is sorted we'll be back to regular broadcasting so that is really exciting
0: Excellent. Wow, you have been busy. Uh, who should we pick on next? Jay, what have you been up to in the hobby this week?
2: Uh, hobby week. It's been a good week for hobby. So, yeah, Necromunda, that was awesome, using the Ironhead Squats. Um, we were at Warhammer World at the weekend, so I picked up the um, Ironhead Squat Prospector. Sort of like um, unit cards, aren't they? Yeah, the model it, with, with,
3: you, with, you, with your models kind of levelling up during games and getting different stats, it's, it's, it's really handy. Need to have a, a card for each of them, so we can record all that. Um, and yeah. they've got some cool, um, unique—I um, forget what they're called now—gang tactics, the gang tactic cards. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: So um, I, I'm sort of—I can't wait to start the Necromancer campaign. Matt's been putting loads of cool sort of messages on our WhatsApp group. Um, so I've got to finish off painting off the squats because um, I got a bit distracted with the 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 next hobby update for this week, which was uh, my Craftworld Eldar. So I managed to complete a thousand points of my Craftworld Eldar. Um, so I painted up some striking scorpions, some shining spears, a squad of guardians uh, da, 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 da. oh and then it was a bits and pieces so I had to finish the base and some of the guns on the Wraith Lord and the, um, a bit of the detail on the wave serpent like the weapons and the canopy, uh, the cockpit and that, that kind of thing uh, but they're all done now, they're on the shelf, they look really really cool and actually, I, I mean, Dave me and you had a game with my Eldar versus your tower I believe, at a club night a few months back when the Craftworld Eldar book first came out Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't had another game since then, but I really enjoyed using them at the tournament at the weekend. So we had the doubles tournament. Uh, it was myself and Dave. Dave was using his Death Guard. I'll let Dave talk to you about that shortly. Um, I think we are the main segment is probably going to be the uh, the tournament this week, so we'll hear more about it then. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed using the Craft World Elder. Um, so I'm actually sort of really tempted to add a add another thousand points to them. Um, some some Wraith Guard units and potentially a Wraith Knight as well. I think that might look Ooh. quite cool in the blue and yellow scheme. <laughs> Um so that's been me um looking forward. Yeah, I, I didn't realize the Horus Heresy tournament was so close. So I've still got a few squads to paint for the event. So I need to get cracking on them really. Some uh, heavy weapons support squads.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah, not too long now. One month for this the rate this year's going that's that's going to soon fly by. Oh yeah. Um so yeah. Um, for me uh, like you Jay uh, a lot kind of concentrated on the weekend. So I dug out my Death Guard, which I haven't used all that much. I think I've only ever used them twice before with the new book. So I wanted to get them sort of touched up a little bit, finish off some of the bases. I had a Terminator that needed painting. He was done. Um, and yeah I, yeah, I enjoyed sort of patching them up ready for the weekend, uh, of which was, was a lot of fun. But obviously we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, other than that, I've been continuing to very slowly progress on my Dark Angels. Um, I still haven't put a progress picture up, actually. I need to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping... Well, I was hoping to um, get my first batch of Dark Angels done this week. That's still potentially possible, um, but I may be distracted by a different Age of Sigmar project, um, which we might talk about later on as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um Apart from that, I've not really been able to do much more in the, the the way of painting because my geek room has been absolutely upside down and it's still in a state of half finished um, because I've had a bit of a move around. I've got my own sort of separate painting desk, my PC desk now. They don't have to share anymore. Um, so I'm hoping to get that finished um, today, tomorrow, and then I've actually got a room that I can comfortably sit in and paint some miniatures um, so apart from that, that's that's been about it for me. Um, Andy,
1: you've not been here for a f- couple of weeks. But what have you been up to? Um, so since the last uh, last time I was on, I went to a one-day Age of Sigmar event, upper uh, Element Games, uh, just one day on a Sunday. And I took my Ogre Moor Tribes to it. Um, uh, yeah, something a bit different to my Sons of Bear map. I've been playing for about eight months straight. Um, so took the tribes. I did, however, take Bundle Whale Biter, <laughs> which I just love the name, um, as an allied unit to the army for one of my hobby resolutions, which is play three games of Age of Sigmar using an allied unit. So I, I used the event to basically uh, do that hobby resolution. And yeah, it did not go well for me um i lost all three games um oh. and but instead of getting a wooden spoon i got a 10 pound gift voucher for element games oh. I mean,
3: that's so good, that's it, it,
1: to me. yeah exactly i was kind of like oh wow okay yeah that's faster right i don't mind losing um especially when the event itself was like 10 pound so effectively i got the event for free that's when really?
4: you got to lose to for free to...
1: yeah exactly yeah exactly so you know um, and then after that, I have been, um, furiously building and painting some chaos war dogs, um, for the doubles event. Um, it got to about a week before the event and I decided to sit down and write my obelisk, um, because I'm very prepared like that. And, um, yeah, I realized that if I'd given myself a little bit more time, I could have fit, um, a desecrator and four war dogs in. Um, but as it turns out because of time, I could only fit three war dogs in. So I've spent the last two weeks effectively building and painting two war dog stalkers and a war dog brigand. Um and then I've got enough points left over in the list, effectively, to get a war dog carnivore in there as well. Um so I've worked out a couple of one thousand points lists um for my Chaos Knights. I'm gonna try and build it up to two thousand points. Um and I only need like maybe one more box of war dogs, I think it is, to to actually get it to two thousand points. So um I'm quite excited about that. And then um the last few days, um obviously because I've not had to build and paint anything for an event or tournament or anything with a deadline, um I've been pouring over the Age of Darkness box set. Um so I had a squad of Mark III tactical Marines built and painted for Iron Warriors. And then, yeah, looking through the um, Heretic Astartes book uh, for writing army lists, I realized that a regular tactical squad sergeant can't have a Thunderhammer. So mm. I've been uh, spent the last few days building uh, 10 Mark VI tactical Marines with the uh, chainsaw bayonets, I mm. think they are. Um, yeah, looking to to get the heresy sort of up and running. Um, but I'm also kind of looking at like hobby resolutions and stuff. So, uh, this afternoon I was able to get the 20 hobgrots from the Dominion box set, um, primed. Um, so I'm going to try and sort of work on them because one of my hobby resolutions is just to paint the entire Dominion box set and I'm getting a little bit concerned that I won't be able to get that done before the end of the year. Mm. Um, and Look I think that's
3: Andy. Andy actually, you know, working out the time for yeah. hobby <laughs> resolutions.
1: Yeah, I know. I've gone from uh, not being organised for an event to being organised with my hobby <laughs> resolutions. Uh, but yeah, that, that's basically what I've been up to. I've been reading a lot of books and uh, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of reviews. Like I've been reading the Skaven and silvernef review that um you and Jay did um on the website. And yeah, just stuff like that, just general hobbying to be honest with you, for the last few weeks.
2: Excellent.
0: Mm excellent stuff uh, so
1: that's what we've been up
0: to in the hobby uh this past week and um, we've got plenty to chat about on this week's podcast so we're going to take a slight pause and we'll come back with all the latest news so matt as
3: always what's in this week's news so we've got a fairly chunky news section today uh first of all for pre-order um we've got no no models but we have got a lot of paints yep brand new, new contrast brand new shades all sorts of stuff on the way um i'd read you the list but it's a bit of dry reading Needless to say there's 27 i want to say new con- 25 new contrast paints and a whole load of new shades uh seven in total plus reformulated um old shades so the whole shade range has been redone using contrast mediumy kind of stuff rather than the old formulation i've seen some of the community use these shades and i've got to say i am very very impressed uh, jay you you do a lot of pin washes on some of your models
2: yeah i am um, i really find
3: the crevices and avoid the flat surfaces
2: yeah I, so I, i'm looking forward to experimenting with them because like you say sort of that that pin washing or, or real recess shading can be quite time consuming and if you can speed that up especially on like your your troops and your, your battle line units where you've got so many of them uh, so yeah i'm really looking forward to trying them out um the uh, the 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 agrax earthshade so they've got new recipes haven't they like the the old shades mm. as well um i've fallen out of love i think we spoke about it a few weeks ago on the podcast with the agrax earthshade so i'm looking forward to trying that again to see whether it's lost that sort of glossy effect that i am seem to be experiencing with my versions of it uh, yeah. But to be fair, I think all of the new paint range, I think I think they all look quite cool. And, you know, I think all of us are sort of at that point where we're contemplating starting new armies. We've got Horus Heresy, Age of Sigmar plans for later in the year, 40k armies. Now's a good time to sort of get some new paints isn't it, and try them out.
3: Yeah, some of these are really rich and bright colors as well, aren't they? Compared to the original, where uh, contrast release? Yeah. I um I don't know how much it'd cost to get all of these, but I am very tempted to pick up the lot. To be honest, I did the same with the, when the contrast came out the first time. And um, it's worth saying that some of the existing paint range has been discontinued as well. So obviously if you like if you like the current washers, you've got what 2 weeks to pick them up before they get replaced with the new washers? So just bear that in mind if you do if you do want them. Um, also, some of the dry paints are disappearing and some of the air paints are disappearing, including quite a lot of heresy colours, which surprises me. Uh, obviously, they can only have so many stock in the range, can't they? Um, so, unfortunately, some have been... I guess the, the the poorest adding ones have been shifted out for these new contrast colours. Um, I take it you're uh, tempted to pick up some of these then, Dave?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I really like contrast. There's a couple that I really fancy. I just... Um... I don't know how many I'll pick up at launch because I haven't really got any projects, like new projects I can test some of them on because um, a lot of the stuff I'm painting at the moment I've kind of got schemes down for. But yeah, absolutely looking forward to using some of these, um, especially the brighter colours. I was definitely tempted by painting some Zeech with them because I think that would work really, really well. Yeah. Uh, and some Nighthaunt with like the darker blues and stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to using them.
3: Yeah, um, coincidentally, some, some of them seem to have really good coverage as well without the kind of... Um... Water tide mark kind of thing that you sometimes get with contrast. In particular from what I've seen on the internet, Imperial Fist looks proper bow for quickly doing some uh yellow space marines. Oh,
2: which is, if only really I really hadn't good. already painted up oh, three thousand points of yellow <laughs> no,
4: space marines.
3: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. Um, to, to 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 make your contrast experience even better, White Scar has also been reformulated as well. Uh, giving you well, we've already got Wraithbone which is like a creamy one and Gracie which is like a slightly kind of uh, duller grey isn't it so now I've got White yeah. Scar which is your classic white reformulated to be a really nice spray so um, that's pretty cool the paints are £4.75 I forgot to look at how much the, the spray paint is I want to say about £13 off the top of my head it's the going um, rate
0: for those cans at the moment isn't it about 13 quid?
3: yeah and um, there's also some cool direct stuff If you've picked up the hab modules for Necromunda, there's some transfers for them as well with numbers and warning signs and graffiti and stuff. That's kind of my bag, so I'll probably be ordering some of them. And there's some classic um, blood bowl bits and bobs like trophies and classic teams. And what what caught um, Jay's eye, I think we were driving back from Warhammer World, and there's some new Iron Warrior uh, chest plates which seem to be compatible with the... um, the, the, the older armour marks for the um the iron warrior so I don't know if that's something that you've got your eye on at all Andy. Um
1: yeah, I, I have a little bit. Um I mean we've seen some of the um like Sons of Horus and Imperial Fists get like a plastic upgrade kit, I think it is Oh it's not plastic it's a resin, the one, resin. It's a resin one. Um so I'm kind of holding out until the Iron Warriors get their resin upgrade kit as well. Um but I think things like this would be perfect for like veteran squads and stuff like that. Maybe not like your basic infantry because I think it would get a bit too expensive cost wise. Um, mm. but for like veteran squads and stuff, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, elsewhere
3: in the news, uh, of Terrority Thursday comes every week, and and this past Thursday, uh, Warhammer community showed off the Contemptor Dreadnought kit. Now, back when I did the unboxing and review, I speculated. That maybe the dreadnought in the Age of Darkness box. Isn't a complete dreadnought because it's going to be salvaged and sold on eBay. And it kind of, unfortunately, those kind of boxes do make the component parts plummet in value, don't they? And I mm-hmm. suspected maybe, just maybe, they'll have a full kit with some extra sprues in. And and that is the case. When the full Contemptor kit comes out, you have got a load of options. Uh, the main body itself, two heads, one with a helical targeting array four different chest plates with loyalist and traitor options, two big fists with all the different guns to go in the fists, eight different guns, so all the different guns that you can take, um, havoc missile launcher, uh, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff. Now, obviously, if you want dual weapons, you're going to have to pick up two kits, but a lot of the kind of popular weapons for Dreadnoughts wasn't included in that Age of Darkness one, so I can see a lot of people picking up this kit. Um, don't know if you guys, none of you guys have built the new contemporary yet. Yeah, it is, it takes longer to build than the resin one, just because obviously what was one piece of resin in the old world is now made up of like five pieces of plastic, isn't it? But it is just as posable as the resin one. So I am very, very tempted to do a dreadnought army. Uh, so I, I suspect I'll be picking up a few of these, uh, these boxes. Um, you've got, the new plastic uh contemporary haven't you Dave? what are your thoughts? Can I mean, you never build a built a resin one have you?
0: no, i haven't uh, I really like this plastic one um so yeah I, i'll I'll definitely attempt to get another one actually and get the full kit but I mean you wouldn't be able to guess that this isn't um the full kit i mean especially once I've got transfers and stuff on it, it's a fantastic dreadnought yeah,
2: it's yeah, great. I've got mine built as well with uh some an auto cannon, mobile angels i've not painted it yet but yeah it's very very posable
3: it's ju- just as posable as the resin one i'd say so that's fun and uh, we don't know what the solution is for weapons for the resin ones yet where the forge board will sell that weapon frame separately maybe it's not you know impossible that that happens so yeah watch this space to see what happens there now gentlemen jay in particular you're a fan of like magical pointy-eared elves aren't you
2: I am partial to a pointy-eared magical elf.
3: And the rest of the podcast is partial to the forces of chaos. What if I told you there is a new battle box on the way, pitting the, 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 the warriors of Haish, the Lumineth, against the, the forces of Zinch? I'd I'd be pretty excited. Arcane Cataclysm is that box. And like with all the battle boxes we've seen this year, it seems like insane value. So in there we have got a brand new um uh luminous character, the Cenari Enlightener, who was kind of teased in the in the points updates on um on Warhammer Community recently. Um she she looks pretty cool. Um she's got a bit of a, I I d I wanna say Elsa from Frozen vibe with her um ponytails going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know if she's like a it does feel like she's a wizard.
2: Yeah, mighty wizard, uh, but all Luminous are mighty wizards. I mean, you were talking, Matt. Whether it would be interesting if they got a priest type mm. hero? Who knows? Um, she has a sword on her back and a big staff, so she's quite similar to the Cenari Law Seeker or the um, the two twins who've also got the sword and the staff. It'd just be interesting to see what her speciality is in the in the army. And an army book that's already full of wizards.
3: Yeah. well so presumably pro- profile for her is gonna be in this box. She's not alone though, she's accompanied by a unit of Venari dawn riders, a unit of Blade Lords, and a unit of Sentinels. And if you bought all that stuff separately on the on the Game Twitch website, that'd cost you hundred and thirty four pounds just for the Luminous alone. Now, I've estimated the Enlightener at nineteen pounds because there's other characters at that price point. Now they are up against a Zinch army led by the cursling who is uh back with a new model it's uh he had an old resin one and before metal back in the day this guy looks really cool he's basically got a weird little like mutant um conjoined creature on his back which is not at all sinister um yeah I, i i really really like this and absolutely dying to paint it up i really like they've kind of painted it the one on warcom in like thou, uh, current era thousand sun scheme with that kind of turquoisey armor mm. uh,
4: yeah it looks it, amazing
1: yeah it does look nice so i think in the narrative back in the world that was um the two parts of it were brothers and one of them was more fighty and the other one was more tricksy and zinchy Uh, And Zinch punished them for some reason and combined them both together. Um, so looking at this model, like, yeah, I mean, the previous model was really, really nice, but this one is, yeah, 10 out of 10. Love it.
3: So weird. It's like all the feathers on the, on the, the the weird side of it as well. And again, he's not alone. He is accompanied by some, um, enlightened Zangor on discs, uh, a squad of Zangor. And some Kyric ky- Athletes. So if you bought all that separately, that would cost £119. Putting a combined value on this box of £253. Now, I'm going to make a stab in the dark and guess this will retail at £125, giving you a extra 100% value on top. Um, I think that's pretty good, guys. Yeah, it's good value, that. Um, now, it might be more, it might be less, I don't know, but that's what I'm guesstimating um i'll be picking up one of these because i've not got any mortals for my zinch they're all demons so i'd like to add a few mortally bits some weird bird men and weird conjoined chaos warrior fella so yeah that'd be pretty cool um you've you've been dabbling with zinch as well haven't you dave
0: oh not i i've been tempted by them on and off a few times but um I've got a 1000 sons for 40k that I still need to paint, but I've I've never really delved too much into the AOS side of things. Um if it wasn't for my skaven maybe I would have been <laughs> tempted, but no. Uh, my heart set on getting my skaven uh, 2000 points ready at the moment.
1: Yeah, I I wow. used to play disciples of inch back in first edition age of sigma, I think it was, back when the battle tome came out and they were a bit over the top. But like you, Matt, I I never really added any of the mortal stuff in. Um. So yeah, this box and if it weren't for all those pointy elves in the box, this would be perfect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's if you also to split it with, I think that's gonna be a billy bargain. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we should see how much this box costs. So yeah, that looks pretty cool. What's also really cool is that there's a load of awesome events coming to Warhammer World, very very soon. And, um, I'm, I'm rather excited. I don't know about you guys. So first of all, we've got, um, the, uh, US Open. There's various ones across the states. Organized players returning. I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. So for, um, stuff like kill team and underworlds and stuff like that, there's going to be in-store events for, uh, local clubs, which is cool. So places like element perhaps Gen Con is on the way on the 4th of August. Traditionally we tend to get a Games Workshop reveal then, so could we see the Leagues of Votan then maybe? That'd be pretty cool. And maybe even August takes us potentially to the Slaves of Darkness release as well. And then in November, uh, sorry, at the end of August we've got Nova. So quite a few potential reveals going on. But over in Warhammer World, uh on the twenty fifth and twenty over in Warhammer World, on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of September. We've got a two thousand point match play age of Sigma event, so we've had a lot of like you know um doubles and thrown scores and stuff. this is a like quote marks proper match play event um so if you're into your serious games of age of sigma, that's one for you um also on the twenty second and twenty third of October they've got the blood bowl full beard cop um this looks quite cool. I'd be tempted to do a bit of a blood bowl mini two-day event i think that'd be quite fun
2: yeah i've not played much blood bowl i think i think I paint, the last blood bowl team i painted was for a warhammer world event that we never got to in the end
3: i think it, I think it may have been the half beard cup a little kind of uh prelude to it and um, but but what all of the sprues and Bruce team are very 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 excited about uh, on the 29th and 30th of october so halloween weekend we have got path to glory conquest of the savage lands so this is the first Path to Glory event that the um, the Warhammer events team have put on. And, I mean, we went to the um, Escape from Pancallis crusade event. And that is potentially the most fun I've ever had playing, you know, 40k. Uh, me and Andy, we've got tickets for the next one, haven't we? I think, Jay, you're on holiday and Dave, you didn't manage to get any tickets, did you? Um, no. But we're going to put together some forces and fully lean into the narrative Uh, i haven't worked out what i'm taking yet but it'd be something fun Uh, and yeah this is a similar situation but they've taken the groundwork laid in those crusade ones and just dialed it up to 11 haven't they this looks so so good so normally the event's running on a saturday or sunday this has actually got some optional games on the friday as well which is something that we've seen in the past, like heresy events and stuff, they tend to do this, don't they? But I think it's the first, um, well, certainly the first recent AOS one where there's, there's games on the Friday. And basically, it, it, it is, I guess, an entire path to glory encapsulated into a weekend, isn't it? So where with the Crusade one you could bring an existing Crusade force, which I think maybe caused a few th- you know quirks where people maybe had really powerful crusades that have been running for ages compared to somebody who's just created the crusade for that event this one you start a brand new crusade if you're playing on the friday you start off at 600 points and then on the saturday you've got two games at a thousand points then it goes up to one and a half thousand points for the final game on the saturday and then going into sunday you've got a game at one and a half thousand and then it finishes off on a big two thousand point game between each games you've got a faction debrief with your with your faction so i suspect each grand alliance maybe gets different information passed out and different things going on and you get to do all your path to glory stuff um yeah i think this is gonna be so so good um as part of the event pack i mentioned that if you've got a warlord really he should be kind of like advancing over the course of the weekend so if you wanted to you could take a uh, Greasier, maybe, and then when you get to the 1,500 point games, you stick him on a screaming bell to show his mm-hmm. kind of advancement. However, if you've got the thunder your book, you can actually create a your general using the Anvil of Apotheosis. And in that book, there's, there's ways of constructing your hero for each of those four points levels for the game. So you start off with a little 10 destiny point hero, which is the equivalent of about 100 points in real money, Working the way up through to, when you get to 2000 point games, you can have a 40 destiny point character, which is essentially 400 points in real money. That is really, really cool. I've already kind of like written the profiles for my character um, just because I think this is gonna be, I think this is gonna make it special. I'm gonna try not to take any special characters because I think that detracts from it a little bit. I'm gonna create this character, Make some law for them, and we're going to have a story that evolves over the course of the weekend. And knowing the stuff that happened in the Pancalus event, I think there's all going to, it's going to be all sorts of twists and turns, and maybe grand alliances pitted against each other, maybe even some betrayal within the ranks. um Yeah, I think this one's going to be something special. What, what do you guys think of this? It goes on sale on Monday, and tickets are £70, I believe.
1: So for me, the, looking at like the escape from pan event we went to one of the, the disappointments for me was kind of like how i approached the event like i didn't do any narrative for my army i was finishing the painting like the night before and that sort of stuff so i didn't really fully embrace the story element of the crusade event so going for this uh i mean obviously you've alluded to uh, me and you going to the crusade event in september um And I'm kind of going to use that event and the Escape from Pankalas event as kind of like kind of an experience builder to to learn, you know, what I want to do when I go to these sort of narrative events. And for the Path to Glory event, one of the things that I'd really like to do is really write some narrative, get get some story, get some, um, you know, name all my units, this sort of Mm -hmm. thing, get a feel for for basically just be a bit more prepared than I was have a previous crusade event because i think if you go into events like this that's kind of what you really need to embrace you need re- really need to embrace the story of your army what your army's doing that sort of stuff so yeah i'm I'm super looking forward to it and yeah, i mean we've been chatting in our you know whatsapp chat haven't we about um converting characters and stuff like that for it so yeah i think it's going to be it's going to be great it's just going to be one of these i hope i'm not painting stuff for it for night before sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Um I'm gonna probably take if if obviously I managed to get tickets, I'm hoping to take Skaven along. Um it's I think it's what I needed to really concentrate on getting them finished, a goal as it was. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna do an anvil character. I've got, I've had a few ideas, but I want really my force to be organized behind the grace here. Um, so I might just go for like, like you uh, mentioned, Matt, upgrading to get onto a, a screaming bell. But regardless of that, like Andy just said, I want to give all my units names. I want to, you know, give my characters a backstory and let it develop over the course of the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to this.
2: Yeah, we're all going to different Grand Alliance as well, I think. We yeah tickets. So so Which will be so cool because Jay... we'll be able to experience the uh the event from the four different sort of sides and all this like feedback it. at the end.
3: <laughs> I think that'd be quite fun because I think we might have different um different I guess, yeah, different stories, different experiences, being seeing events from a different point of view. I think that'd be quite fun.
2: I mean that's what at the Pancallis one it was great, because you two got you and Andy got dragged across, off to the side quite early on and infected with the uh, the Gene Steeler, um mm. the Gene steal case. And I had no idea this was going on. So for the first day, you guys were all like giving me sort of slide looks and, uh, you know, talking behind my back. I had no idea what was going on until you, um, until I finally got infected myself. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be cool because I think, it's, it's, it, you know, each of the four factions obviously going to have their own sort of agendas. Uh, and you know there's going to be i mean like you say there may even be sort of, sort of a bit of betrayal within the within the or uh, the grand alliances themselves uh and you know that, that's the thing isn't it it's a shame you can't you can't take four different armies and belong to four different alliances but at least we're <laughs> yeah. lucky if we all get tickets we can all talk about it after the event um yeah. but this one does look really really cool and i especially looking for the event pack today um i enjoyed the the Pankalos crusade when i went i took my ultramarines and then um, I decided before I went that any of the um, battle scars that I got for my units, I would just, I would just, I wouldn't erase them. I would keep them over the course of the weekend. So towards the end of the weekend, my army was quite, quite um, battered, and some of my characters and units had had proper battle scars, but also they got some cool upgrades. So it was a cool sort of experience over the two days. Um, some opponents I played I sort of embraced that. Other opponents I played, they they didn't. They were more. I think it's a bit hard sometimes when you've been playing match play for so long to sort of get out of that. Got got to win, gotta win the mindset gotta a of
3: crusade, yeah
2: but this this um the event pack that you can you can go on onto the event warhammer world um site now and download the event pack and you can see how how the sort of weekend's going to play out i think it's really cool that you start off at, with those 600 point battles and then you 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 add reinforcements to your existing army so that becomes like the backbone of your army and it grows over the course of the weekend um and I think it's really cool how you've got the options where you can either, like Dave's planning, to to take a grey seer and then, and then get a new mount for him eventually over the course of the weekend, or you can use the the anvil to, to develop and create your own character. And that, I think, gives you lots of opportunities on the modelling side as well, which it's great that we know we find out about this event quite far in advance because hopefully we get tickets and hopefully now we've got enough time. I mean, like you guys, we've been talking about in the WhatsApp chat, I think I'm going to be taking Silver. if I'm already planning, like, a conversion so so a tree revving up through the ranks or up to some uh riding some mounts uh, towards the end of the weekend and um you know in a match play games you just don't get the opportunity to do anything like that um, no i think that's, have...
3: that's like you say it's one of the good things like, that we've kind of got so much notice for this because it gives you what four months now to start converting up those heroes right some like one of the things i want to do is as part of the pack you need a sheet per um per, per unit basically to record their stats so i'm thinking of putting together a, a, a like a tome with the army list in the front and in the back of it we've got all the various things i'll make the war scrolls for my kind of anvil characters in there as well and then chain it up and and obviously hand my opponent the the, the padlocked thing and the key if they dare to open it and look <laughs> and, and i'm thinking as well I, i'm doing night horn and my my Kira is going to be very much inspired by Sadako Yamamura from the, the Ring series. So she's 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 cursed. She my, my general drowned their child in a well. And when they died in a gash, punished them by putting her in a well. But she's trying to escape and rebel from the gash. Over the course of the weekend, she'll be trying to get the various parts of her soul back. In order to rise up against Nagash. And she's going to get more powerful. But more twisted and weird as it goes on. So yeah. From a modelling point of view. I think that's going to be really cool. And I also might make some um, some curse cards. That I hand to my opponent. That has something on it like. I don't know. You are cursed to always roll a double one for charges. Unless you beat somebody else at Warhammer. And pass this card to them. And just see how organically this curse. Spreads around the hall. Yeah. Dave, of course, has already cursed a roll double ones for charges, so there's no point giving it to him. No, nope.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, so that's, that looks really, really fun. Um, tickets on sale on Monday. I think it's going to be a popular one. So uh, be on Eventbrite for seven o'clock, I want to say they go on sale. Um, and yet, finally, finally, we have had all of the balance updates in the world in the space of like a week. It's crazy days. Um, we've had Kill Team, 40k Age of Sigma. we'll run through like the greatest hits here for um, for the systems but um, it's great that they've been kind of identifying things that need fixing within the game uh, one of the big ones is Armour um, of Contempt now applies to Astro vehicles now um, the Heretic Astartes are also clarified as having that as well, um, over the course of the weekend we saw how powerful Armour of Contempt is um necrons i think are the big winners from this update aren't they dave absolutely they've they've had a raft of
0: changes the the most important one being how much stuff has the core keyword there's i think there's only a handful of necron units that don't and and most surprising of all is they've given the core keyword to units such as the silent king the monolith uh the command barge with the overlord on it um so we've got characters re-rolling their own hits and stuff bonkers
3: it's really good. I mean they're an older book, they needed the shot in the arm. Um oak Wars, now get a five plus invulnerable save on the first turn, the six percent vulnerable save on the second turn. Loads and loads of cool stuff. So that is on Warcom if you want to download it and check it out. Likewise for Age of Sigmar, we've got the, the Galay um battle scroll update as well. So stuff like uh, Storm Drake Guards have been changed somewhat. Draconic Onslaught now um let some re-roll a charge roll <laughs> before they get to make they got to make a movement in the hero phase, which made those dragons extremely powerful. So they've scrapped that and basically get a re-roll charge now. So that's really good. Um, Seraphon the Coalesced, used to subtract damage one damage from all of their stuff. Now that's just Saurus, Croxigor, and monsters. So you've not got any damage reducting skinks and stuff like that going on. Um, Head Knights of Sunash have had some massive points cuts. Blades of Corn, me and Andy were very excited about this. They no longer lose all their blood tithe points when you redeem blood tithe points. So you could, if you wanted to, use a low tier blood tithe reward and keep the rest of your blood tithe to someone to bloodthirster later on, which is an amazing
1: change. Yeah, it, it it's one of those changes when uh, I think the second version of Blades of Corn book came out. I was surprised they didn't do it. So when I saw this I was kind of like you know finally you know where is it you know where are my blood warriors where's my blood for blood god paint you know that sort of stuff so yeah I'm I think this was the, the highlight of all of the balance updates for me was was the blades of corn update
3: Well, there's there's one that maybe even just pipped that one just because they've got a load of crawl boys on a building but um, now, for, for for Cruel Boy armies, for each Gut rippy unit that you take, you can take a Hobgrot unit as battle line, giving you a much cheaper option for your battle line, which is cool. And the Grinning Blades are not visible to enemy models if they're more than 12 inches away from them. That's powerful. So you ain't shooting no Grinning Blades.
1: Yeah, I mean when Cruel Boy, when the Battle Tome came out, obviously you've got the Iron Jaws, they were doing really well. Bone Splitters were a bit, hmm, okay, fine, not too bad. But the Cruel Boys were obviously the the new kids on the block, but the only army you saw were the um, big yellows with the bolt boys. And what I really like about this changing that sub faction so that units can't see you more than 12 inches away. or you know, it, it really does open up another section of that battle tome. And then you're Mm going to see gut rippers, but instead of having to see three units of gut rippers as your battle line, now you can take two units of gut rippers and a unit of hobgrotts. So I think this was, you know, absolutely perfect for a cruel boys.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, and I'm very tempted to do a uh, a cruel boy force soon. So yeah, big chunky new section, um, a pretty good one I think this week.
0: Absolutely, uh, plenty for everyone, uh, in uh, in that last half hour. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to. We have got a really exciting segment coming up next as we talk about our adventures at Warhammer World this past weekend. So grab a fresh brew and keep listening. So, yes, this past weekend, all four of us got to travel down to Warhammer World to take part in a Warhammer 40,000 tournament entitled Comrades in Arms. This was a doubles event which had each player And each team bringing along a thousand points of match play armies, which you then work together with your partner uh, across five games to uh, hopefully come away victorious. This was a match play tournament, so we had to leave our narrative hats at home. Um, But yeah, it was a it was a very fun weekend. Uh, We had three games on the Saturday with two games on the Sunday uh, with plenty of breaks between for drinks and browsing the store, which is always very dangerous. Um, And then, of course, we ended the weekend with uh, all the awards uh, and how we were placed and such. So um, the Spruce and Bruce team was divided uh, into Matt and Andy who were rocking it with the chaos gods with their chaos knights uh and i teamed up with uh your good self jay um i also actually <laughs> was there uh, with the chaos gods with my death guard while jay was the other one out and bought his Eldar. some could argue that that's a bit of a slanesh link there well but, this um, is it
3: this is it I, I, I had i had a Core Knight, <laughs> and there is each night you did Nurgle army the only one left is slanesh and jay's brought elves just saying
2: <laughs> So yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely not slanish worshippers so. though.
0: Um, before we yet uh, we we discuss obviously how we got on during the weekend, uh, and how we, you know our, our <coughs> thoughts on the weekend. And um, a couple of things of note. Um the first thing, and I think we actually only mentioned this. I can't even remember if it was on an episode or not. But we were talking about Warhammer Plus, and you know we we thought we were going to see some event exclusive Warhammer Plus benefits. Uh, at some point and we did actually um have one of those this weekend so for anybody who attended the tournament that had a warhammer
3: plus account we all got some free dice yeah and, and, and not like a handful of dice a, a full no. pack of the yeah, the Wars in octarius rising tide dice
0: yeah yeah the really nice purpley ones with like the xenos hunters logo on the six um so that was a nice surprise i i like that yeah i want to say if you bought those dice
3: it'd be like 24 quid
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that really brings us into the the tournament, the tournament itself. Um, I'm gonna let Matt and Andy um start off by discussing kind of how their first game went, uh, and then me and Jay will discuss ours, and we we'll move on to game two and so on until we come to sort of summarise it at the end. Um, so so yeah, Matt, Andy, maybe you should tell us actually briefly what what you took along, um.
3: For the team and and how you got on in game one, yeah. So we 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 took a combined chaos knights army, chaos knights, chaos knights, which we soon realised is an expensive way to bring two thousand points of chaos knights, bringing two separate one thousand point armies. Mm-hmm. Um, because we didn't start with many command points or did we, Andy?
1: No, we started on a, a healthy four.
3: Yeah, I yeah, uh, I mean I'd spent a whole ton of them already. I had the rampager. I had the psychic one, the abominant, and I had a carnivore. So you know, quite a low model cow army. Um, my, my, my close combat one was given the mark of corn. He was super aggressive to rip people's faces off. My abominant had objective secured, which actually was quite handy at some points during the event. And um, the the war dog had the mask which essentially gives it an extra attack as well. So all about getting as many attacks as possible. And those close combat knights can have a terrifying amount of uh, attacks, can't they?
1: Yeah, uh, they, they can put out quite a lot of attacks, especially with like the, the, the sweep profiles and stuff like that and the chainswords. Um, my chaos knights went for a different approach. So I was the, um, is it the infernal ones for ones the that aligned? Yeah. yeah. The ones that aligned with demons um, so I had a knight desecrator who was my warlord who had the, um, I've forgotten the name of it. It's like the Diamonos or something along those lines. Um, and basically it gives it an extra shot on its laser destructor. Um, which, yeah, kind of helped a little bit, helped a lot yeah. in our first game. Um, and then I had two war dog stalkers, um, separate and a war dog brigand, and all four of my chaos knights had marks um to give them some sort of bonus um the desecrator had the Pyrothrone, so it was a, a psyker um i had the brigand who had i think it was mirror of Fates, which was hilarious because basically whenever your, your opponents spend a command point on five plus you get a command point back yeah um, and i do think how that,
3: many times you rolled that over the weekend andy
1: yeah, it's probably about four um, <laughs> yeah it, it, it it yeah it looked really good on paper but it it just wasn't a lot of our opponents best.
2: had a similar um or um sorry relic or wall or trait command trait so somewhere amount four um and um i i think in most of our games people are rolling five pluses trying and get command points refunded yeah
1: not not our games unfortunately
3: we're gonna roll on
1: ones yeah and then one of my stalkers had a um a, a six plus damage shrug um, and then the other one had um, something called warp stalker which basically allows it to deploy off the board uh, and then as we found out through the event because we were kind of learning the rules as the event went on um, that if you kill five wounds worth of models effectively um, you gain the favored ability and with that warp stalker what it allowed you to do is remove it from the battlefield and set up anywhere within uh, nine inches away from the enemy once per once per game, um, and yeah, that that never really happened for us because uh, yeah
4: no, reasons.
3: it could have potentially could have potentially won us a game, but hey, we were there to roll some dice. The team was called Knights of the Bottom Table, and was hoping that we'd live up to our name. Unfortunately, after game one, um, our plan to float around the bottom tables for the entire event kind of turned on its head. We were fighting the brilliantly named Corn Hub, um who had a dual World Eaters army. These two chaps were great, great fun. Probably the most enjoyable game of the uh, the event and a brilliant game one. It was so good. They had a, a World Eaters army. They just wanted to charge and get stuck in. We had a Chaos Knight army. We just wanted to charge and get stuck in. It was brutal. They, um, they started off with an opening salvo from a um a Spartan which unfortunately obliterated my close combat night before it even got the chance to do anything. Which was a theme that would continue over
1: the course of the weekend. Um so
3: yeah, you <coughs> decided to uh give them some payback, didn't you Andy?
1: Yeah, so the the Night Desecrator basically strode out from behind a building, looked at their Spartan and it was the only real range threat that they had against us. And we um, yeah, are with the laser destructor, all three hit, all three wounds. They don't get any armorses and it's D3 uh, D3 plus six damage per hit. So a minimum of 21 damage on the 20 wound Spartan.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once the like anti-tank was dealt with, um, we had free reign, really. I think we, we had it in the bag then. There was a touch and go moment where my um, Abominant, was in close combat with a <laughs> rhino for about three turns. This rhino was—it was wounding my knight in the shooting phase, in the close combat phase. This this rhino definitely had the mark of corn. It was like biting my knight, um, <laughs> it just, and it just wouldn't die. <laughs> it wouldn't die. It wouldn't die, and it kept wounding me. Outrageous. Um, so yeah. So finally, I killed the thing, and I think it blew up and did some damage to me as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, was, that was a really, really fun game. Um, anything I missed if, that you want to add there, Andy?
1: Um, I mean, they had the the Warp Talons um, right at the beginning, which made like a uh, a pre-game move and then moved up and charged. Um, and it wasn't until we started shooting them that I realised that they only had one wound. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of one of the things that I learned from the weekend was um, it, Chaos Knights died quite quickly. In combat especially and, the big um, ones yeah especially the big ones and the the warp talents going in with like veterans of long war mock corn all that sort of stuff you know they they were they were a serious threat and what i i didn't see coming at all um but yeah for for me as someone who wants to do some world eaters in the hopefully the not too distant future this really amped me up you know seeing seen their armies Maybe we had Connor betrayer who i think didn't actually manage to get into combat got um shot by a, a multi-melter knight which is quite uh satisfying <laughs> um but yeah j- just for damage that even the corn berserkers were putting out you know the, the wounded on fives with um you know their axes and stuff and it's like minus eight free ap and you know we, the amount of chip damage they were doing you know i was I was really impressed by the, the World Eaters because, like I said, once they lost that Spartan, they had no range threat to really deal with our army. But they were still, you know, they were still killing us. You know, Knights well, were still is, exploding.
3: Was, you know, Khan had obviously seen the Spartan go down, shrugged. and It's like, well, OK, we can't shoot it. Headbutt that Knight. And they all ran off and uh, got super aggressive. I will say that the armies were gorgeous as well. They were painted with a 30K scheme, so white and blue. And then all the blood splatter in the world, which looked amazing. Excellent. So before we get into our
0: first game, Jay, I think we should talk about what we took along. Um, I brought along the Death Guard, as I said at the t- towards the beginning of the podcast. It's been a while since I used them. I was really looking forward to, to giving them a, a run out over the weekend. Uh, My army was led up by a demon prince of Nurgle um he was a lot of fun did well over the weekend uh he was backed up with a lord of contagion uh, i also had a unit of seven plague marines a unit of five Blight lord terminators um and a plague burst crawler and oh yes yeah, sorry i had a plague surgeon as well for some feel no pain for some classic death guard uh feel no pain um what
2: did you take along uh um, so i took the uh, late up elder and um we, we played a lot of Eldar armies over the course of the weekend, actually. And um, mine was the only Eldar, uh, Eldar army that we saw without a Farseer in it. So I had uh, my own, which was led like by an autar with Swooping Hawk Wings, a uh, Banshee Mask and a Starglaive. Uh, he had a really cool um, relic, the Phoenix Gem, so that he um, basically came back to life on a 2+, plus with D3 wounds remaining. And actually, <laughs> I mean, he died a lot over the course of the uh, weekend. And he came back all but once. Um, and hmm. with his movement 14 he was quite instrumental in getting a few of our victory points wasn't he behind enemy lines engaging on our fronts um, making all my troops I had a unit of guardians, uh, guardian defenders and a unit of rangers, obviously this is not a late art craft world so I wanted to go quite ranger heavy or you know quite stealthy, uh, so it was the troops, my other HQ choice was Illic Nightspear who is um, he's like the Eldar's answer to the Vindicar assassin but Dave I don't know if you'd agree we, we fought two or three Vindicar hmm. assassins over the course of the weekend, and Ilik Naxby owned them. He was sniping characters. Oh. I think the first, the first shot, the whole camp, uh, the whole uh, weekend, he killed an apothecary in a Centurion squad. He was taking wounds off vehicles. He was knocking Terminator squads down. He was just awesome. Really, really enjoyed using Illick Naxby, and then, and then he's got the power sword as well, which we found out halfway through the tournament. Um, <laughs> him. After a charge room, yeah. Um, I had uh, to carry on sort of a up theme. I had a unit of shroud runners. They're not the greatest unit. They're very fast. they were really good for scoring sort of victory points to certain secondary objectives. But they're they they're really nice models. Really really nice models. Um, a unit of striking scorpions as well to infiltrate a sort of sneaky sneaky unit. Um, and then I had a unit a wraith lord to sort of act as like an Anvil, a, a sort of tankish type character in the army. A unit of striking scorpions again. Mainly for their sort of agility and mobility, although they didn't do too bad in a fight. Uh, And finally, a wave serpent with uh, a twin linked bright lance as uh, really my only sort of ranged anti vehicle, anti tank sort of weaponry.
0: Excellent. And we were called Who Disease Eldar Think They Are. That's right, isn't it? Who Disease Eldar Think They Are. That's right. Yeah created by jay that that excellent name there beats knights at the bottom table if you ask me but anyway um so yeah our first game had us pitted us against the forces of the imperium a very well i thought quite themed army it was the imperial fists along with the um imperial guard cadians um I, really enjoyed um i mean i'd not been to many i don't think i've been to any actually before this one any 40k events at warhammer world so i was a little bit nervous that i might have been out of my depth kind of match play wise um but straight away like we soon got on with these guys um and yeah we we soon started soon started rolling some dice and and having a lot of fun What, what were your
2: takeaways from this first game jay um so this was it was a good first game the the, deployment wise i can't remember the mission name but we were deployed lengthways so we had the short table edge to deploy on Mm. um and they had lots of Centaurians, they had lots of eliminators they had lots of leaving russes and lots of laz cannons
4: (laughs) yes a um, lot of anti armor.
2: yeah they had a, a, a much more sort of firepower than we had um, and that, that middle sort of, there was like a, a road going down the centre of the board from deployment zone to deployment zone, uh, which was basically just, uh, they were just firing all kinds of ordnance and, and heavy weaponry down that. Wraith down that. Uh, Lords, um, Plague Burst Crawlers, Terminators, they were just getting de- defeated in that middle part of the board. So we sort of knew we were going to be in it against it in the shooting phase. So we sort of decided, didn't we, Dave, that we would use the Eldar sort of mobility to try and score as many points as mm. um, fast as possible. And for the majority of the game, we were winning because we kept them pinned back into their deployment zone whilst we were sort of sacrificing Eldar units up the flanks, trying to score behind enemy lines. And was it retrieving
0: that one data as well? I think we were doing on that one. No, I don't think we did retrieve that one on that one. Um,
2: I can't remember. Psychic what interrogation our... you were doing. Psychic interrogation oh, yeah, we you were doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think we did quite we did quite well considering. I mean, Illich the, the Nightsphere was 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 bullying the um, the faux boss captain, the Eliminators, and the um, Vindicar in their little um, sort of nest they had on top of one of the buildings. Your um, Terminators and was it the Plague Surgeon who just? Oh woke up gosh. Dying? So yeah,
0: my my Terminators and because we. we... We saw this like basically the gauntlet that you're explaining this road that was leading down to the deployment zone uh, and jay was very bullish with his wraith lord and he s- tried to stomp down there and unfortunately he fell to this immense firepower of uh, the combined combined Iberium armies uh, but my Terminators backed up with the plague surgeon slowly trudged their way up that road and actually managed to survive and get on the objective for a turn and all thanks to really the the durability of the Terminators and the absolute bullet sponge that was the Plague Surgeon who just refused to die. Um, He just outlived his points cost. Um, They did all eventually fall, but um, I was very impressed by how close to their deployment zone I got and that we got onto the objective. Um, Like I say, Psychic Interrogation was a great one because they didn't have any Psychic Defence, so we were quite easily picking up points using that. And we only actually lost by 10 points um, was when the dust game. settled, so it was it was a really really close game, um, and so yeah, it was a loss, but it, you know, it, it felt like um, a good loss. You know, we 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 done quite well, um, especially like you say you oh. or Eldar trying to get behind enemy lines and things. Um, so yeah, great great first set. I must have to mention at this point, my Playground crawler did zero damage um, at the end <laughs> of this first game, and you're gonna notice a running theme as we talk about. Um, these games.
2: What about um, those centurions though? Those Imperial Fist centurions—they did oh, lots of damage, didn't they? They um, made me they, want.
0: They made me want some um, centurions from my Death Watch because they'd be amazing in a Deathwatch army.
2: Yeah, he did well. We, I mean, we, we fought Illich in the first shooting ter- phase of the game. Illick sniped the Apothecary that was babysitting a unit. I think it was babysitting. I think I'm sure he had nine centurions. Was babysitting a yeah. unit of uh, six centurions. Bo- so we thought, oh, that's great because obviously the is going to bring them all back
0: imagine if you hadn't a sniped that Apothecary I think it was he had two units I think he had one of three with heavy bolters and the other three had last cannons
2: yes you're right yeah
0: yeah but yeah imagine if you hadn't killed that Apothecary that, that would have been an unkillable two units of centurions uh, a really good combo I think
2: yeah and I also think the uh, the plucky Cajun guardsmen did quite well as well. Yeah, um, did. especially the uh, the Imperial Guard commander who who spent most of the game hiding behind a Lehman Russ.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't quite get to him. Excellent. Um so, uh Knights of the Bottom Table, we're going into game two.
3: Who are you up against? So game two is against Golden Flames force made up of custodians and salamanders and I think it's safe to say this was our hardest matchup over the weekend wasn't it Andy?
1: Yeah it, I mean salamanders are obviously known for flamers and melters and knights are known to die to melters <laughs> Um and yeah it, it was definitely going to be a bit tough I mean when we looked at the looked at the 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 matchup straight away we kind of both had the mentality of we have to kill the eliminators otherwise they're just gonna run havoc through our army and uh, yeah boy oh boy I mean the the, the guys that we played uh, I think it was Andy and Steve I think it was or something like that um they made fantastic use of scenery and terrain and stuff you know they they hid the eliminators behind um because we were playing on um was it the Octarius um sort of orc uh we
4: were,
1: junk yeah. town scenery um so they had uh both of the eliminators basically hiding in a kind of like a junk fort um sort of like initially at the beginning of the game but yeah i think we we both had the mentality of if we can deal with both of those eliminators then um yeah we we should be all right um i mean don't get me wrong the, the salamander army if I was writing a 1,000 point salamander army, that's the list I would go for. It was awesome. It was so good. Uh, really well themed for for the salamanders, and obviously, you know, I'm kind of a fan of custodes. You yeah, know, they're all right. So,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a tough game. I think we put up a good fight. I think we did okay on on points considering, but yeah, once those eliminated start shooting at nights, so they start dropping real quick. And when we've only got what, seven models in our army, um yeah, you don't need to kill too many until the uh effectiveness of the army gets dulled a little bit. So that was a that was a defeat unfortunately. But um yeah, an important lesson in stay away from scary melter <laughs> weapons.
1: And the aggressors with flamer weapons, they were scary. They were cool. Yeah. Cool.
0: Excellent. Uh Jay, who were we up against in game
2: two? <laughs> Would you believe it, Dave? Game two. So there were 110 players, I think, at the event over the weekend. Um, you know, uh, that many individual armies. Um, all the possible combinations you can have. And um, myself and Dave's Craftworld Eldar and Death Guard Army came up against a Craftworld Eldar and Death Guard Army <laughs> in a mirror match. Um <laughs> So this was, I believe the team was called House of Geek, Dave. Uh, Matt and Craig, they had uh, a Craftworld Eldar, Ulfa Army, lots of Falcons, a Wave Serpent, a few units of Rangers, Dire Avengers, um, and lots of Farseers and Warlocks. Um, and the mm. Death Guard Army, I believe, Dave, wasn't too dissimilar from yours, but was very Terminator-heavy and had Death Shroud Terminators and and um, more Terminators, really, in place of your sort of Plague Marines that you took.
0: Yeah, he, ha- he had a Demon Prince... Um... And a Tallyman. that that was really it for his characters. But then he had two units of five blight lords. He had the unit of three death shroud. Um, he had a unit of ten Poxwalkers like me. Um, but yeah, no no tanks or anything like that.
2: So yeah, th- th- this was a this was a really really um fun, they were all fun games, but this was this was just good because we were playing two two identical armies. So it really came down to uh, you know who was the best Eldar player, who was the best Guard player, you know who had the best grasp on tactics and the best familiarity with their army book and and the and the mission itself uh, and, and would you believe it what, what what a perfect way to sort of end this game on a draw <laughs> i believe we were 57 points to 57 points or something yeah. like that 59 points 59 points um but this this was really really good fun
0: it was um it was also the first game of the weekend where i kind of had a really important charge to make and i failed to make it um, which kind of set again unfortunately the precedent precedents f- precedence for well, the weekend
2: yeah so what what happened here was that the objective on the ra- right flank was um was being contested a unit of die avengers that just mauled uh my unit of striking scorpions i had the Exarch and i think one striking scorpion left to go against these dire avengers now in the new Craftworld Eldar book, the Exarchs are really, really nice upgrades for your Aspect Warriors. They become quite, you know, they get extra wounds, extra attacks. Um, the Spears and Striking Scorpion Exarchs are almost mini-characters. Um, I needed a little bit of support on this on this objective. I needed Dave to charge in with his Poxwalkers so that my Striking Scorpion could charge in and not get overwatched by all of these Dire Avengers. Um, and yeah, Dave, Dave failed that charge. And from that point on, didn't we, Dave, we decided that any strategy that we could devise mid-game that relied on Dave making a charge, we would just abandon and try and come up with the next best strategy, because there was no <laughs> way Dave was getting in. Uh, and yeah, you failed that charge, didn't you, Dave? And I that think is. the striking that scorpions got, got, got mauled in a blaze of shrieking fire. Yeah, unfortunately. That Farsier as well, that Farsier. Kept mm. jumping out from behind the building, doing his um, psychic secondary, and then um, the warlocks were casting that spell to, um, to move him back. Um, it took a heavy toll on, on the warlocks because I, I believe they kept perils and blowing their heads off as warlocks do, mm. just to keep that farce safe from Illic bit
0: Yeah, again though, Illic had a good game. Um, did, yeah. I think he got us a few more assassinate points. Um, and yeah, behind yeah. enemy lines, I think I remember it was a bit more of a difficulty on this one. Um, yeah. But like you said, Jay, I mean, a draw was a fair result. Uh, it was a lot of fun. They were they were both two great guys. Um, I I still can't get over the fact that, like you say, all the combinations in the world and we play another Death Guard and Eldar player. um, It was just so, so funny. But yeah, an absolutely brilliant game. Um, Demon Prince did well. Terminators did well. Plague Burst Crawler did zero damage. See, there's a a pattern emerging. Uh, Moving on to the final day of the Saturday, we went into our third game. So Andy and
3: Matt, how did you guys get on? So um, game three on Saturday was against some Chaos Knights and Blood Angels, an unusual combo. Uh, again, shout out to the team name: My Money Don't Jiggle Jiggle. <laughs> again, we, we, we had all the fun. We had all the fun team names, and this was a. I'd say this was a really close game. It was an incredibly close game at the end, wasn't it, Andy?
1: Yeah, it it, it literally came down to kind of like a, a a turn five gambit where we had um I think it was uh, your carnivore wasn't it um and we kind of like we, we, we only realized sort of like turn five that if the carnivore could get onto their backfield objective then it would um it would have scored us just enough points to to pull out a win um but yeah, I think you needed a, a six in the, on the advance roll to get on the objective. And mm. yeah, even with a command point re roll, we, we couldn't quite get there. Um, but yeah, the the game itself, like I learned so much about Chaos Knights in this, in this one game. Um, because he had the, um, Tencent Grinnery Guard with the captain behind, um, charged into, uh, was it your Abominant?
3: Uh, the Abominant, I want to say, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and then when they're, you know, they're hitting on twos, re rolling ones, and then, you know, with the Blood Angel, um, ability to get plus one to wound when they charge, I think it is. Um, you know, they went from wounding us on fives with power swords to, to wounding us on fours. And yeah, in, in combat with that amount of attacks, they were all damaged too, as well, on the secondary Guard. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were just slicing through knights like a hot knife through butter um but yeah the, the the chaos knights um from kind of our perspective came down the the left hand flank and yeah there was um it was kind of, it was very funny because one of the stratagems that we used probably more often than any other was um blowing up our war dogs when they died
3: yeah um, we we quickly throughout the event we quickly realized that just detonating a knight is a pretty good way to put a chunk in something
1: yeah <laughs> especially the big ones I mean, it costs 2 CP, but a 2d6, d6 Mortal Wounds Kaboom, that's, yeah, it's pretty good. I want uh, to say over
3: the course of the weekend we did more damage to ourselves than our opponents using that, but, you know, Blood for the Blood God, I had the Mark of Corn Corn cares not, just blow up the night, it's
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think your Rampager, in this game, I think your Rampager did the best it, it did over the whole event, didn't it? Because you... Yeah. It just went crazy.
3: <laughs> it went it went on a killing spree, it did. Um, yeah, I think this might be the only one where it lasted longer than a turn as well. Um, the turn's all it needs to just murder something. And then with its um, relic fist, every time it kills a character, it goes up one strength and one attack, which just escalates all the insanity of this thing. So, yeah, I'm glad it managed to go on a bit of a killing spree before it was uh, shot down.
1: Yeah, because it turned it massacred was it nine death company in a single turn
4: yeah which
1: i i didn't expect i didn't think the the chaos knight would would do that but once you took them out and we kind of threw everything else into the and greenery guard it was yeah that was quite satisfying but it wasn't until i think it was turn five where our opponents charged out five infiltrators i think they were and but, it, but the funny thing was one of my friends a guy called jason who um he hates infiltrators, like, he, he just thinks they're useless, that's terrible. And our opponents charged five infiltrators into my, uh, knight desecrator. I think I had five, six wounds left, something along those lines. And, um, of course, when they charge in, they get plus one to wound. And I think when all was said and done, his five infiltrators did exactly six wounds to me in combat. And I needed a single five plus save to not die. <laughs> and I didn't roll a single five up. And the night Desperator got killed by some oh. Infiltrators. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that was kind of, yeah, how, how that game went. But we were, all four of us were just sort of like stood around the table good. What is happening? What yeah. is happening? And so yeah.
3: and, and, for, and for, I think this one ended on a dead tie, didn't it? Like yeah, we, we we were chatting to you like how rare is a, a, a draw, but yeah, it it we we it was a scrappy draw, and we did what we could to draw, um, but we were we were unlucky not to win that one, I think, Andy. Yeah, it
1: it yeah, like I said, it really did just come down to that sort of like that turn five and. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't killed the Knight desecrative, then, yeah, we we might have been able to get, like, Warp Ritual or something like that. Mm. I can't remember if we took that in that game, but, yeah, it was it was so close, so nail-bitingly close. Really
0: fun game as well. Excellent.
1: And um, for our final game, Jake,
0: um, we fought yet another Eldar player, and, but this one was teamed up with The Town, so we were against some battle suits.
2: Yeah, Battlesuit Heavy um, Tau army with uh, I think the the Eldar army was it, it was another Ultra army, wasn't it? And it was using mm. Falcons again, um, with Howling Banshees, Shining Spears, Guardian Defenders, Wraith Lord, and Far and Warlocks as well. Um but this game was a very tough game for us, and um I think I would say it was tougher than the, the first game we had actually. Yeah. Um the amount of firepower they could f- throw us and the battlefield was quite open through the middle I found so we didn't really have many places to hide no. or avoid that firepower um, and um, I think as this game went on through the turns we, we fell further and further behind because this was a game where uh, you had to hold two objectives to score your first band of primary didn't you and, yes, you um, did. and we lost one of our objectives early on and just Ooh. could not get it back which meant that we were falling behind further and further as the turns went on. Um they were great opponents though, and um it was um it was really, really cool to see what the, the, the Tau can do. Um there was one particular unit of Tau some crisis suits. I think they had air burst fragmentation devices or oh, something. Mental. But they they all got like D six I think they had three of them each, and they had three D three shots each and so they were getting a whole load of attacks. Um I don't think they needed a line of sight for this and they also um used a few strats to make them like sort of AP minus two and extra damage and stuff, and and they were basically my my Eldar just could not could not stand up to any of that firepower. No, no, they 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 absolutely
0: outshot us off the board. It was hard to score our points. It was a good combo as well. The tower with the Eldar, they had a lot of yeah. um, manoeuvrability. And um, I think we we did the best we could with the list that we had. Um, and yeah. also didn't help is <clears> they had turn one. Um, killing my Plague Burst Crawler before I even had a chance to use it. So, yes, that did zero damage again. Um, and, yeah, we just seemed to be up against it. There was, you know, a couple of moments where it looked like maybe we could we could do a bit of damage. I know you're all talking Shining Spears did well against the Crisis Suits. Yeah. Um, maybe not initially on the charge, but definitely in the combats that followed. My Terminators, um, their slow movement meant it, meant it took them a little bit of time to get into combat, but once they did... They did quite well before falling to just p- firepower.
2: And I think I think this game was a bit of a turning point for us because we decided, you know, maybe the behind enemy lines wasn't the right kind of secondary for us to yeah. try. We need to try that engaging all fronts instead. And also, I think after this game, we started to deploy your Terminator squads via deep strike as well. We did um, to, so... to negate that move.
0: Yeah, I think the the reason we we were starting with all the, the older death card on the board was because you know I'm a plague surgeon giving them the feel no pain and stuff. We thought having those buffs down straight away would would help us and I'd be the more defensive set objectives. But yeah, absolutely. After this game, um, we kind of came to a team agreement that no, we won't do that. We'll put them into deep strike and use them a bit more strategically. Uh, but an absolutely fantastic game. Again, two great guys. Um you know that's the great thing about these tournaments. you know, I very rarely have played against somebody that I've not gone with um and everybody so far on the Saturday were really obliging and um, everybody was there to have a great time that brought the first day to a close um you know we'd still not fought each other we were kind of holding out hope that maybe day two we'd have a spruce versus bruise um and we'll soon find out if that happened.
2: Well, um, we we were talking, weren't we? And um, based on where we were in the placings, I think myself and Dave were a bit further down than uh, yeah than uh, Matt and Andy. So we decided if if me and Dave can get a really big win <laughs> in our fourth game, and Matt and Andy would lose, yeah, get game, a loss pretty badly. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, perhaps we could end up in the fifth game on on the same table yeah
0: so we arrived for, for day two and um one important thing to know uh, the, the the first thing before any games any dice started to be rolled is that when we walked into the hall uh, i was delighted to see that our team Jay had been nominated for best army
2: yeah that's right yeah so we were one of eight teams nominated um to to, to, to go up and put our armies in the cabinet uh, at the front and uh, it, it's really cool to, to, to get nominated at event, I mean especially so at a Warhammer World event I think it's quite special isn't it seeing your army in the glass cabinets at the back mm. there I I mean I th- this was quite,
0: this was really nice for me because um, I've spoken about it plenty of times on the podcast before and I did an article for it on the website um, I never enjoyed painting and it's only been sort of since the, the birth of Spruising really, and I was I you know for playing all these games and stuff that I've really got into painting and I've painted more and more and more and my my skill level's got up so to go from that to you know going to this event and you know being with Jay and, and getting this best army nomination was it was it was really touching it was really nice um I was dead chuffed, and, you know, you guys have put your armies in the cabinets before. This was the first experience for me, and it was a bit odd, a bit surreal being next to all these really cool armies. But, um, yeah, I was really pleased, um, really, really pleased with that. So it didn't really matter what else was going to happen over the weekend, because I was like, that's my
2: weekend made. Um, But, no, we did There were some um, nice armies in the cabinets as well, I thought, uh, this time around. There was a really nice Sisters of Battle army with a really smooth sort of... um, like bone coloured armour, mm. which I thought was very, very well done. Um I don't know about you guys, but I really like the necro army that was in there as well with the Mongol yeah. conversion. Yeah, yeah. yeah my
3: favorite was the um the court made out of the
2: cult? Cult? Have Orlocks. Yeah, see? the Necrom under Orlocks. Yeah, that was good. Yeah,
0: lots of really, really nice armies. Um but we still had some games to play. So we had two games on the Sunday to finish off the tournament. Um, game four, gentlemen
3: Andy and Matt, how did you get on? So game four was against Bad Habits, an unusual force so of demons and sisters. Uh, yeah, this was a tough game.
1: Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, let's face it, this uh, this re- we really struggled in this one because of one model, <laughs> um, and and that was the the demon prince himself, Mister Bellacore Mr. Um, Bellacore, to give him the mi- title, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, that minus one to hit, minus one to wound, the four plus invulnerable save, you know, it was... Yeah, he it, it was so tough. And then going into uh, Chaos Knights and stuff, he was... He basically picked off a Chaos Knight a turn, didn't he? He did, um, yeah. A- everywhere else on the battlefield, we were doing alright, you know, we were shooting up demons, we were shooting up sisters. I mean, they they were very intelligent with how they... Played their armies and and what they did because um they they took uh was it behind enemy lines as well um Mm. and they had like a squad of um zeph not zephyrim the the ones with pistols um and Seraphim. seraphim yeah and then the demon player had the two units of furies as well and it was um you know we we shot we killed one unit of furies and i shot at the other but couldn't quite Finish that unit of Furies off. Like I think there's like two or three left. And then next turn, they brought down the Seraphon. uh, Not Seraphon. Zephyr. I've lost it again. The sisters were jump packs and the pistols. So uh, because, yeah, Seraphon. Yeah, because I couldn't kill off that unit of Furies. They were able to get um, behind enemy lines twice. And yeah, that Keeper of Secrets. Like, I'm used to a Keeper of Secrets that moves like seven inches and that keeper was moving like what twenty inches a turn. It was nippy, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was, it was so quick, and and yeah, I wasn't quite expecting it to be quite so um, brutal.
1: Yeah, and then we had a, a little scrum in the middle of a board between a war dog stalker and um, some arcoflagulants, and um, it was just yeah, it was it was a, it was quite funny because it was like I would do like. I would kill two Archiflagulants, but his Archiflagulants would do two wounds back to me, and yeah, it 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 took the full firepower of War Dogs to to bring down those Archiflagulants and stuff. But yeah, I I I really liked both of their armies. I thought both armies were really really solid. But yeah, I mean, I think I fired the uh, special laser destructor at Bellicor about three times. And after, like, hit rolls and wound rolls and stuff like that, I think I did, like, five wounds to him, and he saved all five 4-plus vulnerable saves. Yeah. He took he took a couple of salvos from the uh Volkite weaponry
3: as well and just would not drop it all, would he?
1: No, I, I think we did more damage to Bellicor with knights blowing up than we did with shooting and combat. We did, we
3: actually did, to the point where, if we had some more knights, we might have been able to kill him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the <more> nice. <laughs> uh but yeah no both both armies were were really sweet. I mean the but Sisters you of Battle
2: God's
1: for? Well, yeah, this, yeah. Um but yeah, the Sisters of Battle army was super sweet. I mean, looking at the armies over the weekend. Like I came away from it with so many ideas and like 40k for me has been a bit of a uh, I'll play it because you guys play it and because uh, the Purple Sparky Unicorn Clubs, we know what we do day, 40k events and stuff like that I've not not really had that passion for ninth edition but yeah playing playing this game you really reinvigorated that passion
3: yeah uh, and this was a really close game as well wasn't it again it was another one where there's a, a scenario where we could have won it in a scenario where we could have d- drawn unfortunately with our luck being as it was that day neither of those things happened and unfortunately we lost but like by a handful of points
1: Yeah, I think we had, there was a Keeper of Secrets in our backfield objective that was on, I think, about three wounds. Um, And at this stage, the only thing we had left was a Knight Brigand who was on full health. And if a Knight Brigand had shot and killed that Keeper of Secrets, it would have denied them a lot of points in that last Mm -hmm. turn. And as it was, I think we left it on one wound, didn't we?
4: Yeah,
3: that's that's it's, it's a shame because I thought, but I think both sides did really well in that fight, and it was a well-deserved victory for the guys, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it de- it definitely showed me what Chaos Demons can do. I like got a newfound respect for Chaos Demons. Uh, it sounds like a
0: great combo as well, very very unusual combo. Uh, but that sounds like a really cool game. Um, Jay, we we kind of said at the beginning of the day we had to come away from this event with a win um we had two games to do it in and the first of those two games saw us again coming up against the imperial guard um but they were this time doubled up with the adeptus custodies
2: yeah so um these this was a great game i love the adeptus custodies it was another imperial guard army and what was cool about this game was that these guys were brand new to warhammer 40k they hadn't played since third edition one of them hadn't played at all i think they said They'd had a couple of games prior to this event. They um, they bought some models off eBay, so they were getting into the into the into the sort of forty k game. Um, they were really really good um, opponents, and um, th- we did win this game. And we won by quite a lot, but I think it was really just um, they had a strong army. So, so the custodians, they were doing a lot of damage. They were taking out like an Eldar unit or two every turn. So I think they had Grydum down as one of their secondaries. Um, but we kept them penned in to their sort of table quarter, and
4: yeah.
2: I think your army went untouched for about three turns of the game because it, we were just using my Eldar as a sort of like throwaway, disposable units to just get those victory points to get onto those objectives and to get those secondaries. Um, I think if the guys had um, held a few Custodian units into um, reserve and deep deep strike them into our deployment zones, we would have been destroyed. Um, I mean yeah. we didn't kill many custodians custodians are very very tough they have I, a lot of artillery
0: I think we may have killed one custodian I, I can't remember seeing many the taken only cust- off the board yeah.
2: and who was that custodian that we
0: killed? oh know? of course yes uh, uh, my demon prince um, took an absolute battering off Trajan Valoris but was still alive with one wound left he then swung back and killed Trajan Valoris um, the demon prince had a great weekend and that, that absolutely summed up um, how impressed I was with him Yeah I, I think you're right Jay I think if they'd have maybe deep strike the custodians they, they might have um, done better Or just been a bit more aggressive with them This is the problem though isn't it When you're new to the game And you, you're playing against all these different armies You're not quite sure what they're capable of um, no. you know you, you, I mean you know as a custodian player That you can throw a custodian guard unit Into the middle of the battlefield And they're going to hold their own It's going to take a lot of firepower to take them down um, Regardless of what army um, or most armies that you're up against, they didn't quite have that experience. Um,
2: no, I, I mean they were they were like I say that I didn't have many Eldar left at the end of the game, so they were doing a great job of bringing the Eldar down. And they had some really really cool upgrades on their artillery as well, where they were you know they took back down a Rafe Lord in one salvo, they took down the shiny spears in one salvo. Mm. Um, they were doing really really well, but we just we 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 just played the objective game a bit better, I think. Um, but I, I you know I. I I I think it was a good tournament. I didn't we didn't really play any really, really competitive, super competitive armies over no. the course of the weekend. So I, I'm hoping they had a really good time, even though they lost. I, I'm hoping they still had a good time. It 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 felt like a more thrones or Skullsy type. I think mean, you get that with the doubles. I mean, there were some strong teams there, obviously, near the top tables, but at this point the, the day we were right on the bottom like quarter tables, weren't we? So
0: mm. Yeah. They they both seemed to really enjoy it. I know uh, one of them was talking about getting a tower Eldar army i'd love to know yeah. if um he left the weekend without purchasing a, a new codex or something um but no they were two absolutely fantastic guys a really really good game and um, really like the board that we played playing on this one as well it's really nicely laid out there wasn't too much in the way of the well, sorry there was lots of like line of sight blocking terrain and uh, it was a nice busy board so um made for a great a great game um but yeah you're right jay we did we did actually come away with a win on that one so that was the win that we craved um and put us in good stead to the uh the final game of the day um which i think we're going to move on to next starting with those knights of the bottom table matt and andy last game of the tournament how did it go down
3: so oh last game was a tough one as well uh the stellar shack we were fighting uh chaos more chaos knights uh and uh elder we have never fought against the new Eldar, and they're pretty quick aren't they
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, the one thing i really liked about this uh this team we played was both of them had obviously put a lot of thought into their lists, and they really did complement each other really well mm. like the chaos knights was just uh six war dogs you know, There was a carnivore two stalkers and three of the um uh the ones with double auto cannons, the name escapes me at the minute. Um and then the Eldar Army was was really focused on manoeuvrability. You know, you had a couple of unit of rangers, some swooping hawks, uh some Windrider jet bikes, um, you know, two warlocks on jet bikes, faster on jet bikes, and then you had some like die Avengers and some uh war walkers with uh is it sun cannons and bright lances? Star um, cannons and bright lances. Star cannons and bright lances. Yeah.
2: If they were equipped with some lances, some, some cannons, then
1: uh, yeah. you were sure <laughs> yeah.
2: considering that's a ravenite weapon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, they they really did support each other really well, and I think the issue we had in this game, one of the big issues we had in this game was all the obscuring terrain. It, uh, it, they ignored it for the most part because all of our wounds, all of our big knights have um is it more than 18 wounds you can ignore obscuring yeah can, so yeah, i think this game because we um we also started quite far away from each other uh yeah, yeah we just couldn't weather the firepower and they started chipping away chipping away chipping away and bringing down the knights and then the maneuverability from the the elder just yeah just overtook what we had left unfortunately so
3: yeah we um we took a bit of a battery in this one, unfortunately, but it was a it was a fun game. And, uh, yeah, I think we all learned a lot about how our army worked over the course of the weekend, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely had a lot of fun with, um, like, stratagems, um, like, rotating ion shields, blowing them up, um, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, learning about the dread range as well, the dread abilities and stuff like that. Mm. Um, that was really cool and then like all the different marks um, you know getting those favored abilities and stuff like that you know that that was really fun that was really enjoyable and kind of learning the limits of the Chaos Knights you know having a five plus and vulnerable saving shooting is is obviously good it's obviously helpful Um, but in combat I felt they were quite quite soft and quite weak compared to some of the other combat units, you know, if you're throwing um, one of those little knights into five terminators with power fists, the little knight's probably going to lose. Um, you know, looking at those and we we kind of came away, didn't we? I mean, I was looking at the knight desecrator, and I was kind of thinking I could take two war dogs and still have some points left over for the same amount of points. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. Loved it. You know, the army sat in the display cabinet next to me. And it's um, half of one of my hobby resolutions to paint up 2,000 points of chaos. So, yeah, I'm super glad we did it. And, again, it's one of those armies that's – I don't want to say it's small and elite. It's small in terms of model count, and it's elite in terms of, like, you know, the rules and stuff like that. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Don't get me wrong. I could have walked away from that event with uh, about four or five – combat patrol boxes quite easily <laughs> um but yeah no i'm super glad that we we played chaos nights and um yeah it was it was definitely enjoyable to see um what yours could do what mine could do and stuff like that so yeah i really enjoyed it
3: yeah it was awesome
0: um a bit of a spoiler there that unfortunately we didn't get the Sprues versus bruise that we hoped for but we were right next week to each other, so this is how close it was we were side by side table wise um, so there wasn't a lot in it that prevented that from happening, but never mind. I'm sure we'll have a, a doubles game against each other to see who would have won uh, in was the near a, future.
1: There was even a funny bit where um, I think you needed to make a charge, Dave, and uh, <laughs> even I sort of like looked at the dice as you were rolling it, and yeah.
0: So yeah, as Andy quite well, rightly said, me and Jay obviously stepped into this um, against another. Uh, Imperial army. We were against the. No, it wasn't uh, an
2: Imperial army. It wasn't Black an Templars. Army. It was Black Templars and Wordbearers.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So uh, a very interesting combo again. Uh, two very anticipated armies. Two really great guys. Uh, and yes, Andy. Come
2: all the way from Aberdeen. They had,
0: yeah, yeah. They travelled quite far. It was quite funny actually because um, game three, the the guys were from Durham, so. Yeah you know these guys have traveled quite quite a ways um two really nice guys uh, you're quite right andy i did fail quite an important charge um about midway through the game um got to be honest though jay we we didn't start great did we um and it, it, when we kind of f- forced our way into the middle of the battlefield it did look like we were going to be taking a nearly bath well, yeah,
2: I mean this this was weird because we like you say, the first turn first turn or two we were on the back foot, but mid game we were actually winning. Mm. Um and then it was only in the final turn where they snatched a victory. It was that close there was four points in it. Um mm. and you know, there were moments in the game where we could have snatched it. Um uh, my autark failed. This was the only game the autark failed to come back to life on a two plus. That would have snatched us some extra points for um uh, engage on all fronts the eldar guardians in the center unfortunately h- had to get close enough to the objective that they could get a uh, heroically um charge what is a heroic intervention from mm. helbrecht himself and, and cut down so there were lots of these sort of key moments in the game where it could have gone either way it was such a great game this game was full of a few favorites for me um <laughs> One of my favourites was Helbert. Helbert was incredible. I thought he did really yes. well. He was chopping up tanks. He was chopping up Eldar Guardians. That was that was one of my favourite moments of the game. Another of my favourite moments of the game was um, our opponents. Um, Should we overcharge this plasma pistol? Yeah, I overcharged the plasma pistol. They overcharged the plasma pistol and we're all the one.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then I think you did the same as well. So it was full of like funny moments like that. And then we had a... Um, a really cool battle going on in uh, one of the shelled out orc buildings
4: uh, <laughs> between a squad of
2: striking scorpions that had infiltrated uh, into onto their side of the battlefield, and um, were, we're contesting an objective. So the Black Templar sent in a Redemptor dreadnought, who who um, killed almost half the squad and then charged into combat. Uh, they were pretty confident they could, they could take down those little tiny Aspect warriors that were hiding in the shadows. And so we sort of um, caught them on the back foot a little bit by um, uh, interrupting, didn't we, uh, the combat. Because I knew, I knew a Striking Scorpion Exarch is not to be overlooked. And with a few good dice rolls, they can take down pretty much anything. We got the Redemptive Dreadnought down to two wounds from the Striking Scorpion Exarch before they got to strike. Really wiping the smile off our opponents. I say wiping the smile off the opponent's face. They thought it was hilarious, but... Um, and that battle between the Striking Scorpion Exarch and the Redemptive Dreadnought lasted the entire game with neither of them able to finish each other off until the final turn, where the Striking Scorpion finally got the upper hand and destroyed the Redemptive Dreadnought. And we were all sort of hoping that the Dreadnought would explode and take the Striking Scorpion Exarch out as well, but unfortunately it didn't happen. No, no. But what, what an
0: epic battle that was. It, I mean, in a of scale of things, it was just over one objective, but... Uh, yeah it was absolutely ace i thought they were actually going to continue past turn five um but no that battle did come to an end when the the scorpion came out on top um like you say a, a super close game I, I really enjoyed playing against the black Templars. it's a really nice army especially those yeah. assault intercessors Um you, you also... had a little
2: battle didn't you with the sword brethren um, mm. and then your plague marines and uh, plague burst crawler were sort of fighting off in the bottom of it, against the sword brethren who managed to get was, all um... the way across the board by like turn two yeah
0: it was a uh, blade guard veterans wasn't it um blade that, that, veterans just, that was fun sorry, against yeah, yeah. Um the the Plague Burst actually did some damage in this, and actually I forgot to mention he he actually did his first two points of damage in the previous game against the Imperial Guard and the custodians but he did a little bit of damage in this game. So he finally started to repay um the points that I put into putting him in my list. Um but yeah, it, it was a, it was a really nice game. Um I've only ever played the word bearers once before, and that was uh, your word bearers, Matt. Um, Mm. so it was nice to to face them and a couple of venom crawls and stuff Uh, and the skirmish at the the center of the battlefield was so
2: well that was the other one wasn't it because there was two venom crawlers and a lord discordant a bunch of terminators Helbrecht, a chaplain Blagar veterans a wraith lord shining spears elder guardians all fighting over that middle objective i remember one point in the battle where my shining spears went straight in against the i think we'd gone like with, there was like a multi charge gone on. There was the Shining Spears, the Wraith Lord, your Demon Prince, the Terminators, the two Venom Crawlers, the Lord Discord, and all in combat in the middle. The Shining Spears managed to um, finish off the Venom Crawler, which then exploded and did mortal wounds to everything in the middle of the board.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was really, really cool. Really thematic. Um loved it but it was unfortunately a loss um, which finished our weekend on one win one draw and three losses but two of those losses were was super close like you say four points in that one 10 points in the first game uh, at the weekend uh, and much like what Andy said I came away with this feeling that I really wanted to get stuck into some some more 40k Even though I hadn't played against the Sisters Army, I've got my sisters ready to to go. I really can't wait to start painting them, and I I hope that I've got them finished by the next time we go to some sort of 40k event. I do have my Skaven um, and Dark Angels to concentrate on first, but they're definitely going to be the next army that I really concentrate on getting ready for some sort of tournament, whether it be a Whammer World or a Unicorn event or something, I I don't know. Um, But yeah, an absolutely fantastic weekend. um, Capped with, obviously um both of us coming away with the certificates for best army nominations mine's next to me now i need to get that framed uh, and on the wall um and it was also great to i don't think all four of us have been to event as a team as a complete team for for a while because unfortunately matt missed out on the the age of sigma team event that we went to um so that was great um and uh, it, it's just always great to be at Wahammer World, isn't it? Enjoying the yeah, it company of all the fellow
1: geeks.
3: <laughs> and and that event was really well run. It was, yeah, mm-hmm. it was
1: really good fun. Mm-hmm. Plus the mm-hmm. uh, Beef Eater on the Saturday night was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that that was the, 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 uh,
2: uh, didn't get much sleep that, that night, though, uh, Andrew.
1: <laughs> uh, well, so why... why? why? Why didn't you get much sleep, Jay?
2: Well, i I think there's some wildlife broke into the room in the middle of the night. It was like uh, being in the jungle, um, all or, or, or a forest with some like bears roaring and lions growl. Oh no, it's just Dave snoring. <laughs>
0: it was uh, to make sure you were focused on the the day ahead, Jay. I was focused on on, on uh, smothering you with a pillow. <laughs> I do. I do apologise again. I do. I do sincerely apologise. So anyway, swiftly swiftly moving on. Um, Really looking forward to uh, the next event we go to. Um, I know we've got some photos we're going to put onto social media if they've not already been on there. I might put them on the website as well. Um, And I have noticed that the Warhammer World uh, Facebook page has actually got our Rami's uh, on there as well, Jay, which is um, really nice. So people can check that out as well. I think that really wraps up the tour. Has anyone got any closing marks about the weekend? I mean, I I thought it was run absolutely fantastically well. Um, Did we all complete our feedback forms?
1: We did indeed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was was only one thing that I really noted, and there might be a reason why this isn't a thing, but um, the one thing I would have liked to have seen improved is I would like us all to have had scorecards for each team um instead of i think we relied on a piece of paper in the first one and we replied on our opponents using an app for the rest of the tournament Um would you all agree with that
1: yeah that was literally my only minor criticism was that um we, we had to keep track of um scores and stuff on pen and paper which you know if if you're coming to your first ever event it's probably not something you think about mm. yeah yeah, wish I'd taken some score sheets with me. Um,
0: that would have made it a little bit easier. But that's all I could say really. Apart from that, the the, the battlefields were fantastic. Uh, I thought the choice of game plans was great. Um, it was Chris and Steve, I think it was, who ran it. No, Chris, uh, Chris and, and Ed. Chris and Ed, that's it. Um, both really great guys. So yeah, yeah. thanks for hosting T- such an awesome event.
1: Yeah, touching on the, the scenery quickly. Next to every table, they had like um a little picture um, of yeah. the, the board, and it was colour-coded to represent different types of scenery, like obscuring, light cover, dense cover, et cetera, et cetera. And that, for me, was uh, fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely.
3: As good good. They also had the, the, the rounds on there and the and the battle plans. It was, yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, excellent. Brilliant uh, um, event. If you've never been to a Warhammer World event before, um, definitely get yourself uh, along to one. I think we all need to take a bit of a breather after that. Um, but the podcast isn't quite finished yet because we're going to have to uh, perhaps sell our souls to chaos a little bit for the next one. It is our top three and that's coming up next. So for this week's top three... Matt asked us last week to name three things that we'd make a deal with the Chaos Gods for. So quite interesting and potentially hilarious top three this week. Um, So let's see uh, what we've decided on. Of course, we will be reading out some of our community uh, picks uh, right at the end of the podcast. But let's run through ours first. Let us start with you, Andy. What three things would you make a deal with the Chaos Gods for?
1: Uh so my third choice is nice and simple. Um it's to be taller. Um <laughs> so I, I'm the smallest of the podcasting group, uh at five foot two, and I would happily sell my soul to the Chaos Gods if I could be at least six foot two. I think that would be awesome. Um <laughs> uh, so yeah, n- nice and simple, you know, I'd be able to reach the top shelves, I'd, you know. But I'd miss I'd miss your height, Andy. I mean, I could always kneel down. That's not a problem. <laughs> you could. Um,
3: my I just have second... visions of us going to the next tournament, and Andy walks in looking like a
2: basketball player. Call yeah. <laughs> the Inquisition.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, as uh, my third eye pops out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my second choice is to have every weekend off for events, so I can go to more events and obviously play more chaos-themed armies. And obviously spread the love that only chaos can provide. So yeah, that, that, that's my second choice. Uh, mostly because I had such a great time playing at the doubles event with my chaos knights this weekend that I kind of want to keep that momentum going. You know, I came away from the event going, Oh, word bearers themed 1000 point army would be super cool. Same with night lords, you know, black legion would be awesome. Um And then, yeah, looking at the, the armies that we played, you know, salamanders would be cool. So, yeah, I think having having weekends off for for me would would be like the icing on the cake. But my um, my first choice is one that I think every hobbyist can relate to. And it's definitely one I would sell my soul to the Chaos Gods for. And that is to have all my models painted so I can just pick and choose, you know, I can just walk up to an event and be like, what should I play today? Crew boys, ogres, bone reapers, you know, let's roll a dice. You know, let's just see what happens. So, um, yeah, I would I quite happily sell my to sort of a curious gods if I could have all of my models fully built and painted. So <clears throat> that's that's a really interesting top choice, uh, Andy, because that
0: was my third choice um (laughs) basically to 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 every time a new army comes out i just have it painted there ready to use as much as i do enjoy the journey
2: it's about the journey not the destination
0: i don't know sometimes it's just about (laughs) getting there (laughs) fast uh, especially with some armies like a thousand suns which still scare me to paint um so i'm going to slightly change my my third choice um and say I'd like to improve my painting, in particular the more technical elements of it, such as highlighting, basing, and adding transfers. Um, I'm still petrified of doing transfers; don't know why. Just need to get over my fear and do it. But there you go. Uh, I have started highlighting models more now, but there's much room for improvement. So quite a serious third choice. Mm. My second choice, though, I mean how this isn't my top choice, I have no idea. But the the the, the second thing I'd like to you know, make a deal with the Chaos Gods for is to please, please make charge rolls. <laughs> I mean, I can only fail so many before it's not a joke anymore. It's a serious condition. Um, Jay was explaining to our opponents over the weekend that, you know, everybody knows that one guy that doesn't make charge rolls. They're not me, like I you know it's not a joke it's serious it's It's a condition I can't do it's it a condition. um I can't make change of charge rules, so that was my second choice um my top choice though um i I think you'll all agree with me because I'm a bit of a magpie when it comes to things like this. My top thing is to have the ability to concentrate on a project through to completion before moving on to something else. That I'd love that. I'd love that ability. Um, I'd love to be able to just just get it done, just just get a project done and then move
2: on. Yeah, see, um, that's all that willpower, isn't it? And I think if you if you grovel into the chaos gods, that shows a lack of willpower. <laughs> that's your problem, Dave.
0: <laughs> all right then, Jay. I, I think with the, with those words, we should go on to you next. What what are your what's your top three? My, mine were
2: easy. My top three was easy this week. So the the first thing I'd ask the chaos gods for. Is the power to defeat the Chaos Gods Ooh. once and for all. <laughs> if they if they saw through that ruse and they, mm-hmm. they wouldn't give me that gift, I'd instead say, okay, I'd ask them for their true names. Mm-hmm. Because then I could defeat them as well. Mm-hmm. But they're probably they're probably wise to that, so they probably wouldn't give me them. So finally I'd just ask them for the best place to put my demon hammer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i I knew you weren't gonna cave to this top three jay you're far too loyal (laughs) excellent um that just leaves one person uh some might say a chaos god himself with the amount of chaos armies he's got (laughs) matt what is your top three deals you might even potentially make with yourself
3: yeah i mean this is a hard one because i've already sold my souls to the chaos gods long long ago so (laughs) But I will get one free. Wherever scraps of a soul that are left, they can fight over this. So my number three choice is a never-ending supply of paints. So a paint pot of each Citadel colour, but it never runs out. Pretty cool. You never need to go to the shop and get them. You've always got a full supply of paints on hand. Oh,
2: God, imagine how much non Oil you'll spill.
3: It's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> infinite null Oil <laughs> just pulling out the pot. That is, that is, that is the, obviously, there's...
2: This is it with there's the gifts a, of chaos, isn't it? Wisdom, there's, always,
3: wisdom, yeah. there's always a yeah. There's always a downside. Yeah. So so five minutes after me making this deal, I drown <laughs> in a house full of nulled oil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, my number two choice. My number two. What's your What's your favourite brush size, gents? Uh,
0: a medium layer brush, I think.
3: Medium.
1: Artificer layer. There you go. Artificer.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move with the controversial one and say a size two brush, which is quite a big brush if you get one with a nice tip on it, you've got a brush that is great for base coating because it's quick, because you don't have to sit there aged with your tiny little brush. But you've also got a nice tip for, for detail work, my favourite brush. Uh, but, but they tend to flay and, you know, you go through a lot of them. So my number two choice is a size two brush that never, ever loses its tip.
0: Yeah, I'd take one of those.
3: It'd be so good, it'd be so good. And again, with be, be the Chaos Gods, I'd probably cut my hand open on it as well because it's got a super, super sharp tip or something. <laughs> but the highlights would be beautiful. <laughs> but my number one choice, I've, I've, I've got a lot of Warhammer in the house and in the storage unit at the minute. So what I would ask the Chaos Gods for is a pocket universe to store all my Warhammer in. <laughs> Imagine that. It's open like a cupboard and there's an entire universe in there where you can store all your stuff. It'd be really cool.
2: Matt, there's, actually, to the there's actually. Go on, Dave.
0: No, go on, Jake.
2: I was going to say there's actually a, a, a law passage in the 3rd uh, edition Warhammer 40,000 uh, rulebook, which actually alludes to the fact that we are actually playing Warhammer 40k in a pocket universe of a Space Marine in the real Warhammer 40,000 uh, millennium, 41st millennium.
0: There we go. I,
3: well, obviously, that's true.
2: I
0: think what Matt's really asking for is um, a cupboard to Narnia, um, but <laughs> Narnia being just a a big storeroom full of warhammer
3: yeah imagine imagine narnia if narnia was a kind of a games workshop warehouse that's kind of what i'm going for
0: awesome yeah I, yeah you guys didn't let me down i knew it'd be a great top three this week um and i, I can only begin to imagine what some of the community members might have picked so uh, i think it's about time uh we close off this section and we go into our final section of this week's podcast and we find out exactly what the community have chosen so i'll be right back Here we are, the final segment of this week's episode, and it's time to reveal at least some of the community top three picks for the week. Matt, I believe you've got your data slate at the ready.
3: Let's hear some of these um, thoughts. So Ruthie says, "All the Norman Oil Gloss I need to finish my Night haunt. I need Night haunt I find in the future uh, time to number two. Time to buy." Number two, time to paint all my minis with perfect lighting. And number one, happiness in slavery to the dark gods. They, d- they were not going to go for that, Ruth. The the the, the horrific creatures of nightmare. Uh, Anonymous Rex, unlimited wealth. A pocket hobby space I could summon at will. Free from time constraints with infinite shelving space. It's oh, yeah. better than mine. It's got, it's got no time as well. And perfect health. Um, Green Mage. No, I'm going to skip that one. Uncontrolled nerd rage. No, nope, let's skip that one. Sorry that we didn't read him first. Okay. Adrian Hear says, "White scar that never gloops, a dry brush that stays new forever without cleaning, and a re-release of Butterfly Gothic and Mordheim. If the Runes Powers can only arrange one of the two games, for my top choice. The deal's still on, but they only get half my soul.
4: That sounds fair. <laughs>
3: Who's the Ghosts are all about fair as well, aren't they? We? <laughs> uh, That's Jackson, one of their defining traits." Jack says a new defiler kit, that's a jewel kit, a siege assault one and an artillery piece one, plastic noise marines, and to never run out of known oil. Just this guy, you know, removing all religious bigots from the world, except the chaos gods, of course, a healthy and strong body, and an army of demons to so- sort out anything else that annoys me. Fair enough. Uh, Gem says, getting to Duncan levels at gun painting, to own every Citadel slash Forge World miniature ever, and to actually get the rules right, stratagems and point scoring in 40k. Yeah, none of us get that right. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Notley says, more time to paint, more time to build, and more time to ask for more time. <laughs> uh, Piliac UK says, all three will be just the ability to eat cheese again yeah that's that's tough yeah. going dude yeah. uh the rising ape the power to have any model instantly build itself mold line free a new set of eyes so i don't have to peer at my minis and a demon engined vehicle so i can finally travel wherever i need to get some games in fair enough um rogue says immortality the good non-aging kind not continuing to age and decay magic
2: like the sigilite. you're going to be the sigilite
3: basically the sigilite yeah uh, well, then this is a twofer here. Magic psychic power on a level that makes Magnus look like Paul Daniels. <laughs> An empire to rule over could be. Um, Pete says, "Emperor's Children Codex, Plastic Thunder Hulk, Powerfully Gothic." Uh, Orlando says, "Travel the universe, all time laid bare for me to observe and snacks." Now, Tam the Third went for a different angle. And it's 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 a simple one a huge axe and it just says you don't need two and three when you have a huge axe corn would absolutely bless you with a huge axe if you so wished for it uh, mecha maniac says a good codex for the chaos space means you don't have to sell your soul mechamaniac there's one up for pre-order right now if you check out the review it is it is a good codex trust me uh gaz taylor says wealth health and the ability to put up a shelf that's stay is up Cantor Blue says a demon Perturabo model, cult Mechanicus models in plastic for heresy and the return of the Praetorian Imperial Guard in plastic Garf, he says, enough time to paint the model, surely has to be number one and finally, you can call me Owl. just says happiness Aww,
0: what a nice point to end on um, thanks to everybody for sending in your top three, apologies if we didn't read yours out um you know keep sending them in you might get yours read out next week um which actually Matt leads me to ask what is next week's top three
3: so obviously we've got a big reshuffle of the Citadel paints range and we've gone through about three or four paint ranges over the years so I want to know your top three discontinued Citadel paints
4: Ooh.
0: so you can get your choices in early via our social media channels alternatively over on facebook on twitter on the sunday and monday of next week before we start recording next week's episode we'll put the question out for you to uh, pop a comment on there um and yeah like i say we'll try and read out as many as we can on next week's show that sadly brings this week's podcast to an end i hope you've really enjoyed this episode we've really enjoyed making it um and uh, yeah we said it time and time before if you get the chance to go down to one world and get some games in do so it is great fun until next week have a great week of hobby and we'll speak to you all again very soon bye
2: bye, bye. bye.
0: thanks for listening to the spruce and bruise podcast for more content remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us send us a tweet at Spruce and Brews or head over to facebook.com forward slash
4: spruce and